Folks, welcome back to the Rest and Culture podcast. Well, today what I'd like to do is talk about Twitter. And there's been a lot of gnashing of teeth, a lot of hand wringing, a lot of concern over Twitter in the where in the direction that it's going. And the point that I'd like to make today is that is it really worth all of the hand wringing? I mean, we can we can certainly live without Twitter. Uh, a lot of people are acting like this is the end of the world, and it's obviously not. And I believe that this is really an experiment in capitalism. And you might say, oh my God, this is what's happening to Twitter is absolutely terrible. Well, it is. But when I say it's an experiment in capitalism, I'll point out that there's three different things that will have a regulatory effect on Elon Musk. So as bad as we think that it's it's going to be or getting to to be um, there are things that will automatically regulate Elon Musk and push him back in between the lines so what prompted all of this folks is this article that I'm going to point out to you right here so this is coming to us by way of Fox News of all places and um, I have to say Chris Hayes wrote this article in the New York Times, it's a guest essay. And in this article, they entitle it at Fox News, they entitle it MSNBC's Chris Hayes frets his worst fears have been realized since Musk acquired Twitter. And I, I really like Chris Hayes. I, I watch him all the time, but um, I think that there's a little too much hand wringing and concern over Twitter. I mean, if Twitter folded tomorrow, I couldn't care less, to be honest. I really couldn't. Um, I like Twitter. But I think there will be other alternatives or other alternatives that are coming about right now. So it's not going to be the, the only place. It's not like a utility, right? Like the lights are going to go off. Uh, Twitter is not that important. But this article is kind of interesting. Uh, and I'm just going to kind of take you through some of the highlights. So again, this was a New York Times guest essay. MSNBC anchor Chris Hayes claimed that in under a month, all of his worst fears have been realized in regard to how new Twitter owner Elon Musk is running his new social media platform. Hayes claimed that Musk courted some of the worst trolls on Twitter. He scared off advertisers and cut staff that handle the basic functions of the platforms. So Chris just alluded to the first regulatory mechanism of three, and that's advertising. He scared off advertisers and cut staff. So in the second quarter, Twitter actually derived 90% of its revenue from advertising. That will have a huge regulatory effect. I think that's enough alone to have Musk self-correct on a lot of this content moderation, because if the advertisers are gone, obviously that's a problem. Hayes also expressed worry that under Musk, the platform may break down and stop working altogether. I don't really care, to be honest. And so he went on to say this. He wrote, if Twitter survives, and I fervently hope that it does, its near-death experience has revealed something fundamental about our online lives. The digital spaces of civic life, the public town square, as Mr. Musk deemed Twitter, have been privatized to our collective detriment. And that's actually a pretty good point that he's making there. It's He's basically saying that he's monopolized this, this 
online clearinghouse of information, this meeting place where we all go. He's privatized that. So it's, it's become a sort of monopoly. And I have to agree. I, I do not think that is a good way to do it. Um, alternatively, maybe something like a cooperative where you have different companies like Twitter that all share the same tweet information. You make a post on one, it gets shared between all three. Um, uh, a separate company in that mix could value add by making a search mechanism. You know, there's, there's a way to add value in that kind of an environment as well. But not having something like the, the, the meeting place of the public sphere held by one company, I'd have to argue that would be a hell of a great idea. Uh, Elon Musk should not be allowed to monopolize that, in my opinion. So Chris concluded his essay on a negative note, the article says, and he goes on to say, the world's most successful capitalist, by at least one measure, has made the most definitive case for rejecting private ownership of the public sphere that we've seen in a very long time. He then mocked Musk using his own catchphrase, let that sink in. So let's look at a tweet that Elon Musk actually had. So this was around October 27th, and I'm quoting Elon Musk here. He says, I want to reach out personally to share my motivation in acquiring Twitter. There has been much speculation about why I bought Twitter and what I think about advertising. Most of it has been wrong. He says, the reason I acquired Twitter is because it's important to the future civilization to have a common digital town square where a wide range of beliefs can be debated in a healthy manner without resorting to violence. He goes on to say that there's currently great danger that social media will splinter into far right, right wing and far left wing echo chambers, blah, blah, blah. So Elon Musk is kind of saying, you know, I want to be that monopoly. I want to be, it's important to the future of civilization to have a common digital town square. And he wants to be that monopoly. But the second point about this tweet that I think is relevant here, the only mechanism of content moderation that I can see in here is that the content should not resort to violence. So anything goes. And he's telling you that right here. Anything goes. Just like the Cole Porter song. Anything goes. And folks, the other point that I'd like to make is that's exactly what he's done. So take a look at this. This is a CNBC article entitled Elon Musk says Twitter is granting amnesty to suspended accounts. And it goes on in the article to say new Twitter owner Elon Musk said Thursday that he's granting amnesty for suspended accounts, which online safety experts predict will spur a rise in harassment, hate speech and misinformation. And the billionaire's, billionaire's announcement came after he asked in a poll posted to his timeline to vote on reinstatements for accounts that have not broken the law or engaged in egregious spam. The yes vote was 72%. Oh, so let's do it. That's not very scientific, is it? But that's the way he thinks. So he's, he's told you in this tweet that anything goes as long as it doesn't resort to violence. And he's doing it. I mean, this is... He's a man of his word. This is where he's going with it, folks. Um, and uh, he's not pulling any punches. I mean, so he's true to the true to form here. But there's something interesting about where he's going. And there's another regulatory mechanism that I want to bring into the picture here. So you've you've now got this article here. This is brought to us by the street. It's entitled Elon Musk threatens Apple. 
And in this article, it goes on to say that the problem is that this strategy of bad content moderation, anything goes, amnesty for all these accounts that, that broadcast hate and all this kind of stuff. The problem is that this strategy clashes with the philosophy of Apple and Alphabet. As app distributors, Apple via the Apple Store and Google via Google Play, both companies have strict policies regarding hateful speech. Apple goes on to say this, and I quote them, When people install an app from the App Store, they want to feel confident that it's safe to do so, that the app doesn't contain upsetting or offensive content, won't damage their device, and isn't likely to cause physical harm from its use. If you're looking to shock and offend people, the App Store isn't the right place for your app. <laughs> Ooh, that could be a problem for Elon. And Google says that in assessing whether to include or remove apps from Google Play, we consider a number of factors including but not limited to a pattern of harmful behavior or high risk of abuse, Google says. So the point here is that these are the second tranche of content moderation i mean if it gets really bad they could just pull this app and it's a problem obviously if twitter isn't on the apple store or it's not on google play i mean that's that is a huge problem iceberg dead ahead elon musk so what does he say to that in reply well i certainly hope it doesn't come to that here here but yes if there is no other choice i will make an alternative phone knock yourself out Go back into the, the lab, you know, get out your your circuits and just make an alternative phone. Okay. There's a lot involved with doing that. I mean, just ask Apple folks. Um, and that could take years upon years to actually work out. So the third regulatory authority here, folks, and I'm going to point you to this article. This is from Europe uh, Politico, and it's entitled Elon Musk Gives Europe's Digital Watchdogs Their Biggest Test Yet. And all the way down here at the bottom, halfway through actually, it says, and I quote the article, this will be a major test for European regulators. Again, the amnesty and all these accounts, the, the, the hateful things that are, that are going to be said, and it's going to become a clearinghouse for a lot of this, this, this hate that's out there on Twitter. This will be a major test for European regulators, said Rebecca Trumbull, director of the Institute for Data, Democracy, and Politics at George Washington University. She is part of the advisory board of the European Digital Media Observatory, a group helping to shape EU's online content rulebook known as the Digital Services Act, or DSA. If Musk continues to act with intransigence, I think there's an opportunity for European regulators to move much more quickly than normal. These regulators will certainly be motivated to act. That's another iceberg dead ahead, Elon Musk, if you don't moderate this content. And they've got um, a mechanism of enforcement, folks that's, folks, that's quite interesting. As part of the block's upcoming content rules, which will start to be enforced next year, the commission will have powers to levy separate fines of up to 6% of a company's yearly revenue if it does not take down the legal content. Wow. Brussels also has the right to ban a platform from operating in the EU after repeated serious violations. Um, that sounds quite serious. So there's the third regulating mechanism over Elon Musk. And the article goes on to say that in Europe, the bird will fly by our rules, the French commissioner told Musk via Twitter. 
So folks, um, it's going to get interesting, but there are mechanisms to keep Elon Musk, although in a, in a rather erratic way and things that might take time, to keep him between the guardrails. So let's just watch this unfold. I want to thank you for joining me. And if you enjoy the content, don't forget to click subscribe and we'll catch you next time.